G'day film fans, I'm Dave. And I'm John. And Jeff is still gone, but we're still here. <laughs> Longest Welcome party back. ever. <laughs> My God, Jeff. Jeff, come back. We are the love of cinema. This is a pod in which we challenge one another to discuss movies both new and old with a strictly positive critical eye. You know it. Yeah, that's right. And to keep us honest, we've made this a drinking game. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I did my own. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, that's right. Anytime we say anything stupid or negative about a film, you'll hear this sound. <clears throat> and that means we're drinking. <clears throat> so that is right. Pour yourselves a glass and uh, oh, it's going to get freaky this time around. It's We're talking about Suspiria, <laughs> the 1970s version of Suspiria. But first, John, shout outs. Shout outs. Dude, we have a beer sponsor. His name is Carlos Barroso. He is on Instagram. The handle is CBarroso Bar 2019. That is C B A R R O Z O B A R 2019. And we've also got some kick ass music on this podcast. So, mm. if you've noticed it, at the beginning and end of every single episode, it's provided by the artist Dasein. That's D A S E I N. And if you're loving it, that music is available for free. Just head on over to soundcloud.com forward slash Dasein dash artist and you can download all of it. He plays so, all those instruments yeah. himself. He does. He does it all. It's all ready to rock. Download it. Support us. Support the music. Follow us at the Love of Cinema on all the pla- all at the Love of Cinema Pod. Excuse me. I do that every fucking time. Dave, buzz me for that. Just because I'm <laughs> well, tired. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> I fuck it up. We're at the Love of Cinema Pod on all the platforms except for Twitter. We're just at the Love of Cinema there. So give us all the likes and mm. loves, reviews, follows, all those things. We'll get back to you. And as I said last week, well, last bit earlier in the week, we now have a link tree. Uh, so if you go to our link tree, it will—it's uh, on every piece of social media we have. It'll show you every other piece of social media we have, and you just push a button and go there. It's so easy. It is so easy. Designed by my co-host Dave. It's—it's it's very sexy. I suggest going there and playing with it. Playing. Actually, it was, with it was, it was the guys tree. from the Matt and Mug movie show that put me under that one. So I stole oh, nice. it. I stole it while I was over there hosting. <sighs> Shout out to the Matt and Mark Movie Pod Show. We were so happy to have uh, Mark Mastrowski with us last week where we talked about Frozen, which we all really enjoyed, even though we were being assholes and ragging on at the beginning. That movie was good, and we realized it. Uh, we also got to talk about Soylent Green, which was really fun if you were with us last time. So thank so you to Matt we, and yeah. Mark. We're going to have both of them on again at some point, and I think they're going to have us on soon. That's a fun relationship. We're happy to be a part of it. So we thought uh, we'd keep the time the same. Week, <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. John, talk me about Suspiria. Yeah, this is a, uh, you know, we usually have somebody on here with us who has seen it and the others or other has not seen it. This is both Dave and I are the fucks who have never seen this movie, Suspiria. Go ahead and buzz us, Dave, just just because we're Mm. assholes. Thank you. This was remade recently. That is not the one we're talking about. So not the Amazon Prime produced version, Amazon produced version. This is the original, 1977. Should have seen it by now. Suspiria, directed by Dario Argento. Argento. Hmm. Here's the IMDb blurb, folks. An American newcomer to a prestigious German ballet academy comes to realize that the school is a front for something sinister amid a series of grisly murders. So this is billed as, uh, on IMDb, I don't see it right here, but it is billed, uh, I believe, on the platform I saw it on, on Tubi. It's available on Tubi with some commercials right now uh, as a horror movie, but it also oh, had they didn't psychedelic. 
<laughs> what? Tubi edits their stuff a lot, so I hope they didn't edit it on you. <laughs> I don't know. I saw. I'm pretty sure I saw. I mean, it was right. you know, it was like hmm. terrible commercial cuts, and yes. then it would come right back to like three seconds before it cut. So I feel like I did get to see everything. Um, but a psychedelic <laughs> horror movie, and it's like you know, it is a it is an experience. I don't know how many people out there. I don't know if my co-host Dave, how many of these kinds of movies we've each seen. If anyone out there has seen this kind of movie in terms of the psychedelic approach to all of it visuals sound design acting style uh you know it's just it's not a typical horror movie in that sense Hmm. even though there are going to be some elements that we're going to talk about that will sound like traditional horror there is a weirdness to it there is a strangeness to this that was obviously influenced by the way they approached you know those key elements so i can't wait to talk about it i thought this was a really weird experience i haven't had an experience (laughs) like this watching a movie in quite a while dave what'd you think dude what the actual fuck did I just watch? Yeah. Was like, and that, I feel like also, that's exactly what look, they want well, you to say. <laughs> in, re- in researching this, I, I looked up uh, Dario and he actually has a movie coming out next year. So he's still kicking hey, in his eighties. Nice. I, I'm going to go and see that just to see the like the development because this just was like this was like his does. this yeah. was like his fourth or fifth film along along the line. Um, Shout out to Black Glasses, the yeah, movie that's coming out Black next Glasses. year. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, if you, yeah, when you have your, when you have time, look up the description of that because it's it's uh, it's another one. Um, this movie, when it you came know, out, just, since we're wait real fast, since we're yeah. talking about it, just because that's hilarious. Here's the description for Black Glasses: Diana, a young woman who lost her sight, finds a guide and a Chinese boy named Chin. Together, they will track down a dangerous killer through the darkness of Italy. Sound me, yeah, dude. That yeah. sounds done. Sounds right on yep. point. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the, I, when this was released. Um, just to give you an idea of like, because it, it was fairly graphic for its time. Like the kills. They don't. They don't mess around with the kills in this oh, movie. Yeah. Like when oh, it, yeah. when it go when it finally when it gets to them, they go all out. So that's why it kind of has a, a you have to see this horror movie kind of thing for anyone who is a, a fan of horror films and who hasn't seen this. Like yeah, they they're shunned by the peers. Uh, but when it came out, it was originally rated X in England. Um, wow. Yeah, and uh, it was then re-rated later, but it was rated X in England. And 13 plus in Canada because they're freaky. Holy shit. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. What are you I doing, Canadians? From, what, <laughs> what? How much? I thought X had to have some kind of serious no, sexual. No, no. X is just X the is, violence. Is, yeah, you can get X for violence. I think um, The Exorcist originally had an X rating at one point. Oh, um, dude, you're totally right. Yeah, and there's, there's a couple of other ones where they had to like cut one scene or something, and they got it down to an, like an R at the time. But yeah, X's X's were thrown out willy nilly like back in the 70s. They were like, Jesus. So, so here's the deal: whenever we're doing the, uh, which which is awesome, whenever we're doing the should have seen it by nows. Um, if you also have never seen this by now, you would think that we're going to respect that, but we're not. Go fuck yourself. You should have seen this movie by now, and so should we. We're going to talk about this with spoilers, so press pause if you don't want to hear us talk about it, if you want to go watch it, because... You know, I want this to be an unhinged conversation. This came out in yeah. 1977. All of us should have seen this by now. Um, so just yeah, to give so, you a so, little bit more yeah, of a press, walk through. So press pause, go and watch the Speria, <laughs> go to therapy, come back and unpause yeah, on the way from we'll home see you, from yeah, therapy. Yeah, a couple months yeah. from now. Yeah. Um, this, this, so this young woman goes to this, she's from New York, and she gets into this really nice ballet academy. She goes there. And from the get-go, there's weirdness. There's weird stuff with the weather. A woman runs out in an absolute panic as soon as she gets there. 
this woman dies. Murders start happening immediately. There's a mystery about what happens to the teachers at night immediately. The girl gets sick immediately, and they start giving her this strange treatment with food and blood wine immediately. Like, this stuff, they're not shying away. Yeah, it's all all the shit Harry Potter glossed over. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. If you were looking for the extended cuts of Harry Potter, it's Suspiria. Yeah, yeah, that is basically all, yeah. what... <laughs> God, that would have made those movies very different. Uh, yeah, so she walks it through all the way to the end. She has a friend who is basically a co-lead, in my opinion, until this, this girl gets killed at some point, too. But she's actually the crux of the mystery. She's the one who's trying to figure it out, this friend that the lead uh, be friends at the academy she has a gruesome death but it basically finally helps the lead realize that she's being basically cursed uh, there's a a spell being put upon her and she slowly kind of realizes and then uh and then has to witness that this place is actually being run by a fucking witch's coven yes and this whole this entire ballet you know school was like founded you know over a hundred years ago by this this very famous, <laughs> famous is the only one to describe it because everyone knows about her. This famous witch. I didn't even know that I was mean, a thing. Was this was this fantasy or was it a documentary? Because all dance schools are run by witches' covens. Mm. No, I can't make that up. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. But I, it's a good, uh, it's a good setting, man. Any of these artistic conservatory environments, there does always seem to be like some strange, like what is going on behind the scenes, like. Just the obsession, the all the all the ingredients were ripe with it. So I think this was a really good setting to to explore mm. this kind of thing. For it to end up being such a traditional plot device that it's actually somebody being brought into, you know, one of the old lores, vampires, witches, goblins, ghouls. Speaking of the goblins, the score to this movie is entirely yeah. performed by this band, this German band called the goblins and it is fucking terrifying and apparently mm. mr uh, mr like argento opening, was just playing theme. it on like full blast like all the time yeah, it, on set to scare everybody yeah because because they didn't record any audio on set so he could just play music whenever everything he wanted. was 80 yard yeah, yeah everything was 80 yard by different actors as well uh in a lot of the cases <laughs> um because a lot of those guys didn't speak the same language so like wow. some of them, yeah, some of them spoke German, some of them spoke something else, like I, I can't remember what, but uh, yeah, they didn't, a lot of them didn't speak the same language. So there was literally someone hiding just out of shot, telling them what to say next. Wow. And like one, one of them was waving, like one of them would like literally just wave his, wiggle his fingers at the girl to let her know that he finished his line and she should start talking because she didn't speak English either. Jesus. So it was, yeah, it I was, think they a, pulled it off a whole, well enough. They, they did. I mean, if only they had have got just slightly better ADR talent. Which was, you know, and it kind of, we talked about this with Soylent Green. I know what you mean. It's more distracting, I think, mm. to contemporary audiences, but I was at least thankful that it didn't go back and forth. At least I kind of got used to it all being a little off. So it kind mm. of felt like Except it was for one a part scene. of this world. Except for one scene in the middle where it's randomly like fucking spot on. And then like it just <laughs> it just goes back to yeah. I, I don't know whether they just spent it looks like this scene's really important. Fucking get it right. But yeah, it was. I uh, thought that the. I really liked this movie, dude. I uh, I knew you would. I can totally see. Yeah, I have. I'm not. I know you're not surprised by that. I tend to like the Stranger stuff. Um, I thought this was a really good balance, though, of uh, a pretty traditional structure and and genre. That uh, was mixed with some strangeness, hmm. but like the way that they actually oh, covered scenes. Strangeness. <laughs> there is strangeness, but the way they covered scenes was uh was I'm not maybe I wouldn't use the word 
formal, but it was closer to formal than, so it didn't feel like an experimental film in mm. terms of the way that they like actually shot stuff. I don't know. Uh, Cause like there's a lot of, a lot of random experiments with color. And like, when you get to how the film was actually produced, like the, the developing process, it was, it was a very yeah, maybe unique my tolerance, process. Maybe uh, my threshold for, for where those things blur into a uh, style versus totally experimental, which is almost, you know, it was almost intangible. Like you're not even supposed to be able to follow what's happening. And that's kind of the the glory of experimental well, I'll film. You an, I'll give you an idea of how experimental this was. Like it, normally there used to be a, a process called the three strip, strip process, which was um, there's a prism in the camera that splits the, like essentially to simplify it, it splits the color into RGB and you get these really vibrant colors and it's three strips of film and they're recorded separately and then processed so red, together. green and blue folks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, this was shot on normal Eastman stock. So just, and then when it was printed, it was printed onto the three strip process. So they didn't shoot it with it. They developed, like they basically printed the film onto it. Like the film print was done in three strip instead of the actual shooting itself. And so they timed, they timed the three strip. They printed it onto that, and then they timed the color timed it onto that on that strip. I uh, know the print, the the final print was three strip process. So it was it was after timing everything. So yeah, it was wow. the fun, yeah, and that's like I can understand because some of the stuff they're doing with the cameras you could not do with a three strip camera because like I mean I guess they weren't recording audio but they're noisy as hell and you put that thing it has a, it comes with a sound baffling case that's about four foot by four foot by about a foot. I mean I'm sure this was why right this yeah, is why maybe. they did everything in ADR. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well this well that's the three strip cameras the the normal cameras are light as but this this thing weighs about four hundred pounds. So you're not going to be throwing that around left, right, and center. So yeah, I can understand. And yet there was a, I, um, I really loved all the practical effects, the things that they did to this. The set. practical effects were amazing. like, not just the set, like wow. that first scene where, where she's driving in the taxi and the woman's running through the forest yeah. and there's this, just a shadow of something appears on the tree in the foreground. And it's, it's, Obviously, it's like you get the sense that something's chasing her from that random shadow that appears. But it, it's like that's entirely practical. They timed that in the shot, and like that is filmmaking because you can't. That's there's no CG. I agree, dude. It was so. Thank. I'm so glad you liked it too because I always think it's just so refreshing when you see. Oh, like, I didn't like it, but I respect it. <laughs> you didn't care for it. You didn't think it worked. I I found it a ta- no. I I definitely worked. I just found it like a tad slow. It it got it got to the point and then kept going. I mean, that's kind of what I wanted to ask you because I had a feeling that you were going to say that. Like the way I I still I still said maybe it was even almost formal the way that they covered a lot of stuff. But this movie relied so heavily on very long, tense sequences hmm. where. Like I could see contemporary audiences just being like, all right, we got it. All right, we got it. Like, you know what it was building to, and it just didn't yeah. cut away from it. So what? The, and my best example is there is a blind piano player uh, who gets fired because his dog gets somehow infected or possessed. And by the end of the movie, you realize that it was probably a spell that was put on this dog to make it become violent. So this blind piano player, who's the accompanist for the piano classes, gets fired. He, I him think and just dog. really wanted to bite that scary German kid. You know what? Fuck that little scary German kid. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> I'm going to call David Lynch out. David Lynch, the absolute genius. The Twin Peaks, I mean, uh, excuse me. Yeah, Twin Peaks, the, the old woman and the little boy that mm-hmm. talk backwards. That was totally this... Old woman and the little boy, the this like nursemaid character I mean, and the little boy. That was not by accident. He knows when to homage things. 
Yeah, I mean, that was totally on purpose. That boy was you, terrifying. You think, you think this didn't influence David Lynch? <laughs> I mean, I think he was, and he had already yeah. made a racer head by this point, but like this was right. Yeah, I love this world. Anyway, so this guy gets fired and it just follows him on this sequence where you know that the dog has been supposedly been violent. You haven't seen the dog be violent yet. So him and his seeing eye dog are walking through Italy Excuse me, not Italy, uh, Germany. Where are they? They're in a famous city too. But anyway, they go through these old ruins and they're the only ones in this old square. So they're surrounded by ruins that are lit in a very cool way. Um, and he's standing in this giant square by himself. And this sequence happens where the dog starts barking. So I that's mean, basically, if you honest, were just when they, tell when, this somebody yeah. what this scene's about. And they cut to wide and like a wide shot and it shows the whole square and the square is empty. And I'm still trying to empty. figure out how the fuck they lit that. Like with that much, I know. <laughs> yeah, so, so I know it probably very simply. I bet yeah. they didn't have a huge budget, hmm. but anyway. So this was such a good example of I liked it for this reason, but I could see some people being like, "All right, we got it. We fucking got it." The way that they edit this scene, it's basically just the dog barking. So the blind man is saying like he starts to realize there's someone there. He waits a long time before he finally starts saying like, "Who's there? Who's there?" And then he starts freaking out, and then it keeps just basically cutting between the square the dog and the man in lots of different ways. There's close-ups, mediums, there's and big masters. And then, then there's random shadows as well they play with there on the building as well. And then eventually he starts seeing these shadows that start moving, which well, we we've start seen seeing before them. He's not earlier seeing in the shit, film. But he can't see yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah, and the dog probably can't either because it's fucking dark and dogs can't see, you know, can't see very well. But the dog's freaking out. And then there's a couple of cool sequences where like something clearly like comes down, but you don't really see it. Anyway, it goes on for a very long time. And I remember just sitting there thinking, like, I bet this scene is like, this is the abacus. I think I really like this movie because I like how they do things like this. It worked for me. Eventually, this dog out of fucking nowhere just just kills the guy, <laughs> just turns and fucking lunges at the man and fucking chews his throat out of his body. And it's fucking awesome. I mean, two, but the build up to it yeah, in a contemporary things. film would have only taken like half the time. Two and they took so twice I, as long. I will definitely give them the build work to their advantage a couple of times in this. And that was one of them. Um, so nice. I, did, I did enjoy that scene. Uh, I also liked when the dog finally attacked and the guy's on the ground, the dog's still chewing on him. Like the yeah. way they shot it and the dog's grabbing pieces of meat dog, and pulling the it. The shot of the dog pulling. Yeah. yeah and it, yeah. like you can see pieces of meat coming up. And it, they obviously yes. they couldn't show it because of the, the limitations of the time where like they didn't have the, the like prop technology and that sort of thing to make it look like it was actually eating the guy. But the the part the worst part about this scene is because you can see the meat pulling, your brain fills in the rest. Right. And it just it's even more fucking horrifying than if they actually showed you. I agree, dude. I think that's a you know, there's a famous there's a famous quote from George Lucas. I'm not gonna try to say it exactly, but it's about uh, you know, don't kill the cat. He's basically saying anyone can film somebody killing a cat. And of course, you know, of course, it's going to be kind of fucked up, but you have to see it. You know what's even worse than that? Don't show the cat getting killed, but imply that it's killed. And then somebody's going mm. to, you know, you're going to feel it in, a, in an even more way. It's more creative. And there's just something about this medium that lends itself to what, what is the audience imagining that you're not showing them? Yeah. And I thought this movie, in its own limitations, because it definitely showed you some, we'll get to it in a second, but it showed you some really cool coverage and, and the way to cheat certain angles so that right outside of camera, something disgusting was happening. And you could you could basically see it in your mind so mm. clearly because they did a good job of the reverse shot of most of those kinds of up-close kill shots was just enough so that you could still see what was happening to the person 
it just was, I don't know, both of them, the inverse of each of them played together so that the shot in your mind was even grosser than either of the shots, <laughs> which is exactly, I think that's the treasure. Yeah. So let's talk about it for a second. All of the kills, pretty much all of them, they did the same thing in each of them, which I fucking loved. I, I love it when horror movies do this well from, from this era. They cut in really close and show for you the what it's you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for the stabby parts. And you get and, to see like, like a really tight micro focus shot of a throat just being slit yeah. open also, and the skin. I, I will just point out like, <laughs> this is a killer who's determined not to go have to go back and check if they were dead. This killer is thorough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stab this chick like four yeah. times and then hang her. And it's, it's like you fucking hung, drawn, and quartered or what are you from the 14th century? It's fucking brutal though, but I, I, I really, I did really like it. Just all the stabbing. Like it was, I know it's, I know it's so fucked up, but they really went for it. They figured out all these creative ways, yeah. you know, you can say for the time, but I think if there is a little bit of a trap for, it's not just horror, but you know, we talk about this with the ability to now literally anything you can imagine, you can put on film now, if you have the budget, there, there's anything you, well, you can imagine. It's funny you should say sometimes that. you show too much. It's funny you should say that because um, once I finished this, I was like, I wonder, does this work from a modern filmmaking sensibility? So I watched the second one, the remake. Oh, yeah. How was it? I watched the remake. They go complete. First of all, it's two and a half fucking hours long. They managed to add an hour to, the, to what was already something I considered a slightly slow movie. Yeah, so, this movie is an hour 40 we're yeah, talking about. It's this, a nice the, tight the, hour 40. The, the Amazon <laughs> one is two and a half hours. Um, but when they... The first, the first kill, the, the girl who um, originally gets, like, she leaves and she gets her face smashed in the window, um, that one ends up in a dance studio underneath and she, she does the dance. Like, they make her do the dance, um, like, the, the main character. And while she's doing the dance, the one downstairs is getting, like, basically slapped around and deformed. It's almost like she's casting the spell on her in the studio underneath her, and she ends up this wow. completely misshapen mess, and there's, like, bile coming out of her mouth and everything, and they show the whole fucking thing in full view of the camera. Now, I'm sure it was a combination of visual effects and a contortionist, but, again, it, it does the exact opposite of what Suspiria, like, the first one nice. did. So the first one was like, don't show and let your imagination go. This puts it in full frame in front of your face. Did it work? No, I turned it off and watched American Horror Stories. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is just a, you know, I'm not saying, of course, when artists and creative people and everybody, when they hear that there's a rule, you're going to, part of you immediately is going to be like, well, then we should break it. But you know what? Art also works or it don't work or it doesn't work. And I think one of the principles of, of film yeah. in general, but especially with horror it's kind of hard to get away from. I think everybody's favorite moments in horror movies, or at least there's the scariest moments, you know, there can be some fun ones where you actually get to see the kills, but the scariest moments, the ones that stay with you when you close your eyes at night and you're like, fuck, those are usually the ones that were half shown, half mm. kind of what you were imagining. Like yeah. it's just enough to well, get you really in your own head. Stephen King has two big rules and it's um, don't show the monster and yeah. don't give an exclamation explanation as to why it's there. Yeah, one of his favorite movies is um, The Strangers, I think it is, where they just turn up at a house and yeah. take possession of the house and terrorize the people in it. And there's no explanation as to why this is happening. And it just makes it more terrifying because this could literally happen to you. Exactly. Yeah. I think explanations, if you can understand something, it's, it's dead. 
And I think that fear is the most obvious example. Mm. When you were a kid and your parents put you to bed at night and you were imagining the monster under the bed or coming up the stairs or in the closet, th- there was no why yeah. behind it, right? Well, it just it just was. <laughs> and what did your parents do to help you with the monster under the bed? They explained the monster under the bed. Exactly. Oh, well, well said, dude. Exactly. So I I could not praise this movie enough for 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 not doing that with the way that they covered it. You could definitely argue that at the end of it, they did tell you like literally there is a witch. But even with the way that they present the final showdown where this young protagonist, she finds her way into this secret part of the school that she had, no one had ever been to before. And she sees the coven together and she eventually goes into another room and she sees the head witch who was the, the instructoress or the directoress, I think mm. is her title. And they have an interesting kind of showdown where the way they cover that is that you hear and see the old witch like sleeping behind this scrim veil. And then she gets woken up because the girl knocks something over. And, and even then, though, you can hear her talking, but they do this weird special effect where you can't see her. She's kind of half there, half not. And it worked for me. So when she finally takes a chance and tries to stab her when she can sort of see her, she does stab her correctly. There's another kick-ass, really close yeah. stabbing. You <laughs> that, can see it go into the neck. That prosthetic effect is great. <laughs> and then when it pops out the other side, like another close-up yeah. shot of it popping out the yeah, side of the neck. It's like, oh, so uh-oh, this, uh-oh, should uh, I pull it out uh, or leave it in? Should I pull it out or no, leave no, it no, in? No, no. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> After that happens, they, they, they drop this old witch to the floor and they don't ever pull back so you get to see everything. So even in the way they cover that, they still keep her in like this close-up because she's got this crazy gross makeup on to make her look ancient and old and dead. And it was still effective for me. So even though they had, you know, they had decided, all right, we're going to show you the head witch and and we're going to show you everybody, or her coven being destroyed after she's destroyed. The way they shot it, I never felt like I, I understood. I understood intellectually what had happened, but sensually... I still was affected by it because they never really gave me the wide shot. I thought it was so effective. Mm. I didn't have a complete understanding yeah. of the space. So when she was running out of the place, it was like, you know, them leaving the Shining mm. Hotel in a very similar way. And it it was so effective because she she got out of there and uh, I didn't feel like I understood the space in there. And then uh, one of my favorite moments in this movie is that she has a fucking grin on her face in the last shot when she runs out. Did you notice that? Like the last shot of her, she's like smiling as she runs past the camera and then it just cuts and stops. You've been watching Suspiria. I love that last little, the yeah. last little post credit. I will, line. I will tell you the, the, the ones, there's one scene where the killer is chasing a character and she gets, she locks herself in a room and she sees a window that's just out of her reach <laughs> oh, yeah. and she starts piling suitcases up. And the suitcases are not stable. This is this is obviously not an OSHA set. Um, and she she's piling these suitcases up, and she climbs up on the suitcases, and it's wiggling and going everywhere. Meanwhile, this killer is still trying to jemmy the door. This is like the worst fucking lock picker ever for a killer. And ever, it goes ever. on and on and on. She's climbing these suitcases. They're falling over. It's one of the most ridiculous scenes I think I've ever seen. And I'm just sitting there going, "This is ridiculous. This is stupid." And bang, straight on the back of that. One of the most brutal, cross <laughs> your legs is, fucking kills <laughs> where she li- she climbs this. out the window and falls into a pit of razor wire. I haven't seen something so fucking unnerving since the, the needle pit in Saw 2. 
Like that like was the immediately so what was called a mine. It's, it's there's like, so much razor wire. It's not like, like a little yeah, bit at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like all the razor wire in the world had a conference and she fell into it. And it, she it's, gets it's, caught and yeah, turns she, it off. And God, it, it's like, good, dude. The, the fact of the matter is, like you know, obviously it's not real razor wire, but the fact of the matter, the fact that she's in there, fucks with your mind big time. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 just yeah. That like and I was just on the back of sitting there going, wow, this is ridiculous. I think they've lost me. Boom. And I was like. That's horrible. Like that was a really. And I thought good there one was something me. else. Me too. I thought there was something else really effective in that particular kill. In this little room, she crawls through that window, like you said, and then like falls down into this pit of mm. razor wire. It's it's just a little room. Yeah. So it's not like a it's not like a pit. So there is a door to this room that she's so close to, and it's it's partially open. I thought it was so effective because I kept thinking the killer was going to come around and into that room and you know and you knew it was going to happen so eventually it does happen but the the tension that was built you're getting you have this great catharsis watching this girl just get shredded by razor wire as she struggles to get out of it she starts panicking it's cutting her deeper and deeper and then finally this killer does just extend his arm her arm whoever's (laughs) arm it is and just go in for another super close up just fucking straight razor across the neck and there's just, God, there's so much blood. But yeah. it was so effective that she kept getting, she was almost, you know, a few times she could almost touch the door. So it was the fact that it was just partially open that I thought was so mm. effective, as opposed to her I just, just I, falling into like a room and just dying slowly from razor wire. I, yeah, we, I, they gave us a little aspect of tension because we knew the killer was going to show up at some point. I, found, I, I, found, I awesome. did find, though, like in, especially like in that scene where it's just a bare wall and some suitcases and stuff like that. Occasionally to me, this felt like a college indie thesis film. Mm. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Well, that's kind of what I was saying. Like the dog one, that dog scene I talked about earlier that really did work for me. This was another one I was going to well, bring that, up. That worked because like, they used the massive the open goblins, space. Yeah. If the goblins were not <laughs> putting this crazy music behind <laughs> that sequence, can you imagine just the cold edit when it's just you, there's no sound yet? It's just you watching footage. And you put that shot there and you're both sitting there watching that in total silence and being like, well, it's like, it's like almost two minutes of her building a little suitcase tower. We could have cut, or we could have easily cut this in half at least and just cut to her building it and then cut to her finally climbing on top of it. They really took their time there. So mm. I know what you mean. This was one of those things that, uh, I, let's give some credit though. I think a lot of horror from the sixties and seventies felt like the college. Oh, thesis yeah, films yeah, a little bit. Yep. So this might be the best one of those that I think I've seen. Although I still haven't seen what's a, what's Wes Craven's that hit for his first carry one, the last house on the left. Oh yeah. Apparently has one of the most, morally deprived scenes ever put on film yeah just yeah, fucking yeah. absolute brutal murder yeah so i still haven't seen some of the earlier ones but uh yeah john carpenter's like even the first halloween there's aspects of it where you're like this kind of looks like a total indie film which you know what it, they were weren't they mm. i mean these were totally yeah, kinda, independently yeah. i mean horror films, horror yeah. is notorious for being an indie film so yeah that wasn't entirely dude, bagging it um yes dude what did you think about the destruction of the school as she was leaving to what they did to that set. Yeah. Just the breaking of the walls and the shattering of the windows. And I mean, did they only have one go of it with some of these things? I feel like at least one of those, they, they would have had trouble recreating. They were destroying mm. the set and all the props as she was running out. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. That is that is kind of cool. I've, I've only ever seen one like it, and that was the Paris Hills Hilton House of Wax. 
where I stood on a hill and watched oh, the yeah. studio burn in Australia. So, <laughs> oh, dude, House of Wax, good call. Yeah. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, they literally burnt stu- one of the studios down at Warner Brothers Studios. So, oh my god, yeah, dude. Well, I uh, I wasn't super surprised that I did enjoy this movie. It's got some of the ingredients, just you know, that I'm I'm usually drawn to. Overall, though, you feel like you. You also enjoyed it, and I, I did. I did for a, a weird ride. I did also enjoy it, and you're definitely in for a weird ride. Like, get a group of friends together, in, influence whatever influences you like, and uh, yeah, sit down and give it a watch. I, I feel like you won't suffer for it. Is what I'll say. Like, it is. <laughs> it wasn't exactly my cup of tea, but there's no denying it was. It was a thing. Yeah, it had vision. Yeah, I wish I could have seen this movie in like a drive-in in Interesting. 77. Oh, yeah, God, no. Interesting bit of trivia, though. Um, originally, when it was was written, he wanted the girls to be 12 years old. Oh, and shit. And the producer, who apparently was also his father, stepped in and went, ah, uh, no. And so they wow. that's that's why there's like I think that's why there's one the couple of the scenes there where the dialogue is almost like kids and they're sticking their tongue out at each other and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they didn't change a lot of it. They just left it as it was. But like, yeah, the, originally the girls were supposed wow. to be twelve years old and they were gonna like Dario Agento. Yeah, they were gonna waste a school full of twelve year olds. <laughs> Dude, that's actually a good idea though. That is like terrifying. Yeah. Like the idea of like young young girls going through that experience, that would have probably heightened it. Because I'm not going to lie, there was a little bit of me that was thinking, like, how old are these girls? Like, I guess this is like a collegiate-level conservatory, mm, but yeah. it did kind of feel like from the outside when she was approaching it, like it would be like more of a, a high school level or mm. middle school level private dance conservatory. Man, that would have been crazy. I know that would have been fucked up. And yes, some people that would have been, been really bothered well, by that. That's, yeah, that's what his dad thought too. So, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're 19. <laughs> <laughs> Dario Argento, I can't wait to see, what was it, Black Glasses? Black Glasses. Yeah, I thought this was really cool. Dave, I'm glad you, I'm glad it was not, what'd you say? You're not going to suffer for it? You're not going to suffer for it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's it's definitely an experience. And if you do want to make films or if you just enjoy like the filmmaking process on films, definitely give this a watch. I think so. Yeah, Yeah. I feel the same way, man. Sweet, dude. I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we finally watched it. Dave, should we have seen this by now? I'm going to say yes. I probably should have seen this by now. I kind of can't believe I've never seen this. How about yeah, you? Yeah, I could have gone either way. <laughs> All right. All right. One out of two film hosts on the Love of Cinema Pod ain't bad, folks. So I think you should tune in and check it out. I had, like I said earlier, I watched this on Tubi. Uh, there were commercials in there. Dave, how did you watch this? Uh, it's also on YouTube for free. Fuck, I wish I would have known that. YouTube for free. Get on that shit and check it out. Um, the 2B watch wasn't terrible, but uh, there are commercials. Anyway, this was really fun. 1977, yeah. Suspiria. So glad I saw it. Uh, Dave. Yeah. Is there anything else? We uh, we both mentioned a couple things for uh, what you've been watching in our previous episode where we, where we discussed uh, reminiscence. And uh, we gave you some of our, our tidbits there. Have you Ironically, been it's gone from my mind already. Wanna... <laughs> I know. Honestly, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I can't remember what that movie about memory was called. <laughs> Nor can I remember. Oh that no, fucking I've, I've mementoed myself. <laughs> Guy Pierce. Sorry God again, damn it, Guy Pierce. Sorry. I know. Um, Jesus Christ, I can't remember. Have you Have you been watching I mean, anything it's else? Even you worse tell for us me. I, I'm Australian. Um, I did, as I mentioned earlier, when I uh, said that I turned the remake off, um, I've been watching American Horror Stories, 
which is the Dude, anthology. See, I'm seeing, I'm in LA now and I'm seeing billboards for it everywhere. Oh, yeah. That's, how how yeah. is it? Um, it's not too bad, actually. I, I, at, at first, I was like, oh, they're just rehashing like old locations and stuff like that. But it's a fresh twist on the, uh, like, it's it's almost like a running gag. So somebody in the like the first episode they move back into the murder house from season one. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, and yeah, of course it, it goes horribly wrong, but not in the way you see coming at all. Wow. So yeah, really? yeah, and um, yeah, it's 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 I'm two I'm one and a half episodes in. Um, I dig it. I dig it. I like the because it took me so long to watch the first season of American Horror Story because I watched like two or three episodes. And I'm like, yeah, you got one more episode to impress me, and I just I never went back. And then later, really? I was like, I'm going to give this a shot, and I watched the rest of it. And that must it's the same thing I did with Breaking Bad. Like I stopped watching the episode before it got really fucking good. So yeah. like I and now I just I've watched American Horror Story like all of them up to eighty four I think or the eighties one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, so I tuned in for this and. It's it's a good good continuation of like a a, a nice branch off. I feel like they're going to do some man. freaky crazy shit in this season. I hope so. Yeah. What about you? I, I, I was a supporter of that show. I watched. Um, I have not finished it yet, but I think we have watched all but two episodes of The White Lotus. Oh which is White yeah, Lotus, The White Lotus. Yeah, I, the I, show I, that's on a. I think I, it's on HBO Max. Yes. So I believe yeah. it is. I, I have been told to watch this, so don't say anything because I haven't yet. Yeah, everybody, everybody's talking about it. Um, it's an interesting, there's a mystery at the center of it, but it also has this kind of slice of life in and out of different people's stories that are happening in this one location kind of appeal. Hmm. Um, I am enjoying it, so I'm not saying anything negative about it, but what, what's been most interesting to me is how, how responsive people are being about it. I've had multiple people text me like, oh my God, have you seen The White Lotus yet? I've been like, yeah. So it's interesting how this show is having an effect on people, which is which is always cool. Are they people you wouldn't expect uh, so, to have watched it, or yeah, yeah. No, not necessarily that I wouldn't expect to have watched it, but just it's interesting. It's always interesting to me whenever people reach out and say, "Have you seen this yet?" You know, they know they know what mm. we do, and yeah, fair. You know, so I feel like there's something when they when they want to talk to me about this thing they're watching. I feel like they must really be enjoying it because they want to they want to know if anybody else is talking about it and if we're talking about it on the show and stuff. So. Yeah, I'm gonna finish it. See what that's about. Uh, but it is a—it's an original idea. It's a, it, yeah, pretty cool. Check it out. Check it out. Anyway, thank you so much, film fans, for tuning in. If you have been really sad that our bitch of a co-host Jeff O has not been with us, then uh, wait no more. He's gonna be back next week. We are excited to have him back. He has had three weeks off. Jeff, go fuck yourself. So he's gonna be Dave, rough bust, as hell. He is going to be rough as hell. Jeff, go fuck yourself. I can't believe you've been gone this long, but we're excited to have you back. We hope that you had a great vacation. Film fans, we will see you next week for some fun movies. 